Good evening and uh, welcome to the Alamo Draft House and the season finale of season six of Airtime, which is presented by AIR, the Arts Incubator of Richardson, in partnership with the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in Richardson, Texas. Airtime is a signature artist interview seri series featuring artists and creative thinkers in the Richardson and the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where artists share about their art and why their creativity makes a difference. Airtime is funded in part through the generosity of Eric Weiss with Wealthstar Advisors and through a grant from the City of Richardson Cultural Arts Commission. It is April 20th, 2016, and today's creative guest is Miss Melanie Moore. Now, normally I would trim out the, the bio, but this is a pretty incredible bio, so, I'm, so please indulge me as I read it to you. Well, I wrote it myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie Moore is currently in her 16th season as artistic director of the Contemporary Chorale. She has taught music privately and in the public school system collectively for over 25 years. She taught both elementary and secondary choral music in the Lake Highlands area, and she has served as the adjunct professor of music education at Dallas Baptist University, where she taught courses in elementary and secondary musical education methods. In addition to maintaining a private voice studio, Miss Moore is in demand as a vocal, choral, and instrumental accompanist, and a vocal co and choral coach and clinician, and has coached more than 30 students to the TMEA All-State Choir, Texas Musician Education Association. Texas Music Educators. Music, oh, music Texas Educators. Music Educators Association. She holds a BM in Piano Pedagogy from Oklahoma Baptist University and an MA in Music Education from Texas Women's University. Her professional affiliations include TMEA, which we just mentioned, and Texas Choral Directors Association. Melanie and her husband, Wes, have one daughter, Zoe. So again, please help me welcome Miss Melanie Moore. Thank you. So as I was uh, as I was excited about uh, uh, interviewing you this evening, um, I mean, can you, you not only have you been there 16 years, but the Contemporary Chorale has been there 60 years. This is and our so 60th anniversary. For a for a small or mid-sized nonprofit, 60 years is incredible. So uh, tell us about the history of this uh, chorale, how it started, and okay. then we'll we'll talk more about that. Okay. Well, the chorale was started in 1956. Um, by just a group of, of women that wanted to get together and discuss music. It actually was not a singing group at the time, it was a, a women's lecture series, which is as far away from what we are right now as possible. <laughs> um, anyway, they would, they would come around and have tea and, and treats and talk about music and and then they decided that they wanted to start singing. Um, so when they first started actually they were called the Richardson Harmonettes and then in 1960 they changed their name to the Richardson Choral Club and I presume it doesn't really say it in the in the history anywhere but I presume that's about the time they started singing and then in 1974 uh, they wanted to make their name more contemporary, mm. so they became the Contemporary Choral. They have had, um, you would think over 60 years, a lot of people would 
a lot of members have come and gone, but they've only had nine directors in, in those years. And two of them were men. So one of you might be ready to knock me off and take my place. <laughs> no. Um, here's our mission statement. This might tell you a little bit about us. The mission of the Contemporary Chorale is to entertain, educate, and inspire our community through musical performances noted for their creative and artistic excellence. Um, I would say that the entertainment angle to what we do is pretty obvious. Um, but the part that you might not see happens behind the scenes, and that's education. Um, I would say a good half of our members don't read music. And so there's a whole uh, learning process that goes with that. Not only um, learning how to sing in a choir, because some of them had never done that, but learning to follow along music and to recognize um, the parts and, and what happens. So we, we spend quite a good time working on on that. Now you've said there's about 60 members of the chorus currently? Approximately, and What's yes. the age range? What's the, how, how does that, what's the breakdown of those memberships? Well, um, I would say our youngest, our youngest last season was 16. Hmm? Um, but she had school stuff this year, so she can't sing with us. So I would say mid 20s. 20? Oh, 20. Um, to 80. So, 60-year age span for Do you have any, do you have any uh, families who are multi-generations? Yes. There's a mother and daughter right there. <coughs> There's, I mean a mother and daughter. Sorry. Hey, I was looking hi. at you as the daughter. Mother and son here. There's a mother and son here. Father-daughter. Father-daughter up there. Um, Yes, there's there's an aunt and a niece. There's married couples. There's uh, dating couples. There's lots of lots of different folks. So uh, so over sixty years is I I mean I've I've been in Dallas now twenty two years and even in my time here I've seen Dallas and Richardson change enormously. Um, but in sixty years I mean this is in the the nineteen fifties Richardson was you know, way out in the north area. So how has the, um, how has the corral changed over time or maybe how has it kept its Richardson essence? What is it about the corral that is so, is Richardson-esque? Well, we are a Richardson-based arts organization. That's the first thing. So we get funding from the city of, of Richardson. I'm not saying that name right, but I can't think. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and then some of the ways that we have changed, we used to be an all-women's organization. And then over the years, well, about eight years ago, we decided that we wanted to invite gentlemen to sing with us because we had, there you go, they're happy about it, they're happy about it. Um, I said gentlemen. <laughs> We had lots of husbands that were singers. Huh? And so we invited them to sing in our show with us. We did that for about five springs. And then we, two years ago, I think this is our third year, we elected to have men as 
dues-paying members. So that thrilled me beyond words because, I, you know, a little testosterone in the room is nice. <laughs> and uh, your repertoire can be changed, increased dramatically. So that's one of the things we did. It used to be a daytime group. Um, they rehearsed on Tuesday mornings and then did lunch. And then as the economy changed, we had to change because we were losing members because they had to go back to work. So we switched to nighttime. And with that, we, we lost some people that didn't want to come to rehearsals at night, but we gained a whole lot more. So, yes. So that was, um, that was a positive change. <clears throat> and then, um, also you were asking about how, how we reflect Richardson. One of the ways I think we do is Richard, Richardson has been instrumental in, it's a high-tech city. And one of the things that the chorale tries to do is, is embrace technology. Now, any one of my chorale members will tell you, I know nothing. I know nothing. And uh, I know, it's a shock. Um, but I have people on my team that will say, Okay, I don't know how to do that, but let's figure it out. So we were multimedia before multimedia was cool. We have done movie shows, <coughs> pardon me, where we showed movies on the screen. This was probably 12 years ago. Then that, you know, it's done a lot now, but it wasn't done so much then, and it was <coughs> a logistical nightmare. Um, but I had people that said, yeah, we can figure it out. Um, we have, I have some notes here. Oh, our band, our band. You're just gonna hear one, of, one instrument tonight, but we, when our, for our spring show, we have a complete band. Two, two keyboards, band, um, bass, guitar, woodwind player. Uh, it's fabulous. The past, past year and this year, they do everything off of iPads, and they hook up through Bluetooth. And so, Krista, our amazing collaborative piano, she turns page for everybody, and so we're all just right there on the screen. Well, and you also did that virtual choir. That's what I was going to say. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, Tell us about that. Okay, this is this is pretty cool. If you're in the choral world, you might have heard of Eric Whitaker. Yes, he he did a virtual chorale, which is where or a virtual choir. Uh, people sent in videos. They put it all together into one giant video, and then they showed it. So we said, hey, that's a really good idea. So we took that concept. We chose a song two years ago. We did this. Had people do their videos, send them in. We had people, a, a team that made a giant video out of that. And then we did something a little different, which is while the virtual chorale plays on the screen, we sing live with it. So we have people from all over the place. We're, we do it every two years because it's expensive. We can talk about fundraising if you would like to. Um, but I uh, got the stats on this today. So far we have 28 videos for this year's uh, virtual chorale from three continents, seven countries, they include the United States, Norway, Romania, Colombia, 
Hungary, Japan, and Peru, and then all across the United States. And what's the song? The song is When I Hear Music, which is a, it's beautiful. Um, Can you hum a few bars? They could. <laughs> um, but the words, that's really why we chose it. Mm -hmm. the, the very last phrase is, it talks about, I, I, I feel music everywhere, but the last line, when I hear music, I think of you. And so we dedicate this to our alumni, our founders. It's kind of, kind of a neat thing, and that is the name of our spring show, coincidentally. Wow. <clears throat> so you, you, you bring up a good point that I think, I think people who are involved in music understand, and I think people who are involved in, in bands, and especially in choirs, they understand the bond that coming together and singing together or playing music together, but there's something really unique about singing together. Um, I was uh, the executive director of the Turtle Creek Chorale for a couple of years, and so I was able to witness that firsthand how coming together on Tuesday nights was as much church as it was rehearsal. And then it truly was about the bonding of a family through thick and thin and generation after generation and funerals and births and marriages and everything in between. Um, so, so, so tell me your thoughts about choral music, how it bonds people together, and, and what is that what is that magic that happens when a group of people sing together? It's really hard to describe. It's, it's really hard. Um, I think on, on the front end of that, if, if you're on the internet at all, then you've seen those little things that come by that says, singing in a choir is good for blank. And so I thought, well, I'm just gonna check that out today. So study after study, shows a correlation between singing in a choir and changing your brain, preventing Alzheimer's, it boosts your mental health, lifts your mood, you get aerobic activity from, from the deep breathing. Um, it's shown to be effective in recovery from strokes and heart attacks. Uh, it, just, it just goes on and on and on. For me, personally, Singing releases, it, it allows me to say things that I could never say otherwise. Um, and the, the emotion that comes with that. Sometimes a, a melody just hits me so hard I can't breathe. And to express my thoughts musically, whether it's, it's singing or playing the piano or through choreography, or it's there's just nothing, nothing like that. It meets an artistic need, a creative need, um, and then for us as a chorale, the, what you were talking about, coming together, and like we start out with people that that don't read music, so I hand them. Actually, our librarian hands them a whole big packet of music, and we say, learn it. <laughs> and, and so that, that process of introducing them, and in some cases trying to get them to buy it, because maybe they don't like it so much, but eventually they love it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they tell me and sometimes they don't. Um, I have some testimonials. Bring it. Great. Okay. These are just little short things. If you are interested, you can go to our website. There's a whole slew of them. Because every time I say, hey, we need some new testimonials, they just bow, bow, bow. They just one right after another come in. So this, this is what our members have said. Joining the chorale is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Singing in the contemporary chorale put that delightful wisp of childhood magic back into my life. The contemporary chorale is like show choir for grown-ups. I chose to sing, with the, to, to sing with the contemporary chorale because I did not know how to sing, but now I do. This came from our 80-year-old member. Um, it ignites my passion for performing and feeds my soul. It was time to do something just for me and for the community, but also for me. Until now, I hadn't been a part of an organized choir for the better part of a decade. Singing with the contemporary chorale fills my soul and it brings joy to my heart to sing with like-minded people. That's another aspect. I sing with the contemporary chorale because it's a fantastic group that takes fun and singing seriously. Our, our hashtag is serious fun. Um, and I have a couple more here. Or just one more. I performed with my school's choirs throughout middle school and high school, but after graduation that ended. For the last part of a decade, I've been missing that feeling of being part of something and the pride that goes along with performing. Singing with the contemporary chorale fills that void for me. And, and here's where I will mention, uh, we were talking about Richardson and how it, you know, how we change to go along with it. We have several members, and they kind of filter in and out as their schedule allows, but RISD graduates that go to college, they come back, they start their families, they live here, and they don't have any place to sing. Or maybe they sing in a church choir, but maybe their church choir doesn't do jazz hands you know, <laughs> in sequence. Um, that's where we come in because we fill that void for them. So we have Richardson products coming back, being part of the Richardson community. And what's, what's the range of repertoire that you work on? Tell us. Okay, we, we do mostly contemporary, popular music. I just happen to have a song list. <laughs> because I would never remember. Uh, this particular show, since it's our anniversary show, it's a decade show. Um, and what we wanted to do was incorporate some of the things that were popular through the decades, but then also things that we have done. So some of these are, are um, numbers that we're bringing back or that have been traditions through the years. So we're doing things like six months out of every year from Damn Yankees. We're, we do Broadway, we're also doing um, Big D, <laughs> which was a chorale tradition. In 1976, the group did over 200 performances across the United States and here in Dallas. And I believe that was the year that they went uh, 
on a two, on a cruise ship. I have that. I may have that confused, but I believe that they say that they opened with Big D every single time. So for our uh, show, we're inviting our alumni to come back, come up on stage, sing it with us. Um, so we're singing stuff from the 50s, 60s, Chain of Fools. Um, the 70s was a big TV time. So we're doing this whole big old long medley of TV theme shows, I mean, TV show theme songs, what I'm trying to say, and commercials and Y5O and craziness like that. We're doing, um, oh, we have a, a more contemporary section where we're even doing some beatbox. Um, well, I'm not one of our members, is. And uh, Royals, Royals and Truly Brave and, but everything we do has more of a contemporary flair to it. So we, we try to make it ours, whatever we do. But still, you have such an incredible range of uh, uh, music and experiences and traditions and the, the roots of the music. I mean, that, that was something that I always enjoyed and I think, I think contributes to that bonding, that, uh, that collective uh, experience because it's like you're getting to go on a journey together. Yes. That, if not in one show, then the next show, and you may have something from one year and then 50 years later, and uh, a, a sacred song and a pop song and a modern song and an old old standard. So exactly, it's it's like we're we're all getting on the bus and driving driving through the world together. Yes. So um, I we have a special treat for you. Actually, the chorale is going to come down uh, and sing a couple numbers for us. Come on down. While they're coming, uh, let me say that this is um, about half, half of our members, maybe, maybe a little more than half. Um, and the two numbers that we're going to do, you will see in our spring show when you come, hint, hint. And where can they get tickets online. for that? They can get tickets at www. Uh, the Contemporary slash tickets. Our shows are May 14th at 2.30 and 7.30 at the Eisman Center in Richardson. Thank you, Bill Fox, for all of your technical help there. <laughs> um, and I'll also say that these these are our, um, our traveling costumes. Uh, we do lots of sequins, lots of bling. It's really fun. Um, and you'll see the full out choreography and staging there, but we're just going to give you a little taste of what we do.
Give a little kudos to um, Kara Jenison, our first soloist. Carol Kirkendall, our second soloist. Becky Fudge, our choreographer. And Krista Jones, our amazing collaborative pianist. That was marvelous, really marvelous. And they were, it, was, it was just, it was so fun to be back up here in the middle of it because there was such, such a great fun and energy to it. So congratulations. Um, so, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Certainly one of the things I, uh, I think any organization like this has to balance is the notion of, are we a community chorus? Are we a, are we a club of like-minded people? Or are we an arts organization? Because you, in order for the arts organization to survive, you have to have people who will come to rehearsals and pay dues and, and participate and rehearse and volunteer yes. and buy tickets and sell tickets and all that. Um, and so you want as many people to the table, uh, to the rehearsal as possible, but they, like you said, they may not read music, they may not be singers, they may not be uh, pentatonics, uh, level people. So how do you balance artistic quality and community spirit? Well, um, it's hard. It's very hard. Um, my, my training is classically based. And so um, when I first came to the Corral, I'm going to back up and say, uh, they did a lot more out-and-out -out choreography then uh, choreography was the focus, I will say. And when I came on board, I said, you know what, that's gonna switch because um, the singing is where it starts. So they all know, of course, they're just learning choreography in our shows a month out, but, but they know that if the choreography gets in the way, it goes away. Um, so, that's, that's one way we try to control it. Um, also, I will say that everything they do, they do from memory. Mm -hmm. um, so 
that in itself kind of keeps it from being a choral club because there's a whole lot of work, a whole lot of dedication outside of rehearsal. I think our show has 24 numbers in it this time, which is huge. I'm, I'm mean. <laughs> um, no applause, thank you. Um, yeah. But, but they do it. And, and I think one of the things, we get better every show. And they've seen it. And people that have been in it for several years, um, they, they know that it's expected. It's expected of me, it's expected by the audience, and now they expect it of themselves. And so while we do have everybody from, from the community, I mean, anybody is welcome to, to join us if they can stick it out because I'm, I'm kind of a demanding director. And yeah, yeah. And even though we do, we do fun stuff, um, there's the traditional choral background behind it. Um, tall vowels, blending, phrasing, musicality. How do we communicate, whatever, whatever this song is, how do we communicate that to our audience and how, how do we change our audience? If, if people leave and they've not been touched somehow, we haven't done our job. And, and, and I think the audiences uh, are right there with you. And I know there was there were always those magic moments where someone who had been with the chorus for a number of years finally got their solo. <laughs> and they'd start with a small solo, and then maybe at Christmas they'd have a bigger one. And, and so you see the growth and progress of yes. one of these long-term members. And, and people that come in and they say, okay, I can't do choreography put me on the back row, put me on the back row. And they are, <laughs> they're jamming back there. And eventually they're like, you know what, I can do this. I can totally do this or I can fake it really well. <laughs> so uh, I know we, uh, we talked a little bit that you weren't a big TV watcher, but I'm fascinated by uh, what I would call the glee factor what the, what the production of Glee as a television series, how that has changed choirs, choral, show choirs, uh, high school kids being interested in being part of a choir, whether it's part of school or after school. Um, uh, I'm assuming many of you out there watched Glee and were inspired by it. And So uh, what do you think the Glee factor is for, for choruses? I, I think it's huge, and I think it, it was the inspiration for movies like Pitch Perfect. I mean, that, that's, Glee started it all. And um, one of my former students at Lake Highlands um, was on Glee. Mm -hmm. And I remember his mom saying, well, Mark has a, a pilot. He got an audition for a pilot. This was years ago. And I was like, okay, what's it for? And because when I had him, this was in seventh grade boys choir, and he was this dweeby little kid that sat on the, on the end of the front row. He'd never take his hood off, and he'd just always sit like this. And I'm like, he's in a, a pilot for a TV show? And then when she said, it's about show choirs, I was like, what the what? I mean, Mark, how about that? And sure enough, and it, 
took off, and then that, you know, movies like like Pitch Perfect. How many of them are there? Two or three? Two? And then shows like Smash. Um, I I think it's been huge. And so, how can that not have an effect on the the general public? I mean, we're like, yes. I mean, because. Half of us walk around singing song lyrics anyway, mm -hmm. so we might as well do it all together somewhere, <laughs> wearing sequins and blush. <laughs> so we have a few minutes for uh, any audience questions, uh, if you uh, have any audience questions for Melanie. We get paid extra for this, right? Double. <laughs> Isn't it kind of cool that on a Wednesday night, when they have a three-hour rehearsal tomorrow night, that over half of them are here? Okay, not funny, funny. <laughs> and this is kind of what rehearsals are like. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do have a good time. Question over here? Yes, sir. What's the process for working out your repertoire? He asked, what is the process we're recording this? So what is the process for working at the repertoire? It, like, how do I select it? Well, that's, that's an interesting question and an interesting process. All the time in my head, I have about eight different shows that, depending on the season or whatever, I could pull together and, and make a show out of it. Um, I listen to Sirius XM, the Broadway channel number 72, all the time. Um, I literally keep pencil and paper in my car because you can't text and drive. And I keep it in my little thing here. And a song comes on and I write it down. And I stick it back in there. And then every once in a while I look at it and I think, oh yeah, I forgot about that. For instance, one of the things that I heard, I've never heard it before, was this song called Politics and Poker from uh, the musical Fiorello. And I was like, someday I'm gonna do that. Someday I'm gonna do that. We're doing it this year. I'm so excited. The guys, the guys are gonna sound fabulous. So it, it, to answer the rest of your question, I, I look at the voices that, that I have or that I had the previous season because People go in and out, so I just kind of have to, it's, it's a crapshoot, it really is. Um, and, and I look at the voices and I think, how, how can we do this? Can we, can we sell this? Can we make this work for us? Do I like this arrangement? Or then I go to um, JW Pepper's, probably my favorite site, and I just look and look and look and make lists and it's really quite fun. So we're gonna, we need to wrap it up. We're running out of time. So uh, but let's take one more over here. Favorite part of working with Where do you have the most fun? There's two. The creative process, picking the music and putting the shows together. I really, really love that. And then probably my second favorite part of it is the curtain call because you guys as members are just beaming 
you're beaming and you've done well, you feel good about it, the lights are shining on you, you, you you're all duded up. And that is a, that's a glorious moment for me. So, so we always, uh, with all of our interviews, yes, absolutely, um, we always finish up with, with the top 10 short questions. Oh, and so these are, so I have 10 questions here, and you just give me the first answer that comes to your mind when I ask them. Okay. Number one, your favorite flavor of ice cream. Chocolate. Number two, the one song or show you have always wanted to sing or conduct but never have. <laughs> Song or show? Everybody Guys and dolls. <laughs> number three, I got the horse right here. Yeah, there we number go. Number three, uh, favorite city in the world? Stillwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> number four. I mean Richardson, Texas. <laughs> number four, the one movie that everyone should see at least once in their lives. <laughs> oh, only one? Mr. Holland's Opus. Very nice. Uh, the number five, the most memorable celebrity you've ever met. Um, the only celebrity I ever met was John Denver. <laughs> number six, your favorite family vacation location. New Hampshire, not Stillwater. New Hampshire. Number seven, your favorite composer. <laughs> Melanie Moore. <laughs> <laughs> No, I would say uh, Sondheim. Number eight, your favorite pet ever? Muffin the cat. <laughs> Number nine, the best place to take someone who is visiting North Texas for the first time? Downtown Dallas. And number 10, your favorite Broadway musical? Oh, only one. Guys and dolls. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Melanie Moore. And now I will turn it over to our fearless leader, Kitty. Um, I'm Kitty Goddard, president of AIR, Arts Incubator of Richardson. Thank you to all of you for being here tonight, especially members, not especially, but especially the members of the Contemporary Chorale. We so appreciated your time, your talent, and I hope that those of you who are not members of the Chorale who are here tonight will make an effort to attend their performance coming up. Anyway, uh, I have an exciting thing to share with you. This was not... Uh, marketed as being a sing-along movie tonight. However, we have gotten a special dispensation from Alamo to make it a sing-along. However, that is not a quote-along, and it is not, it is still no talking. So, if you feel compelled to sing during the musical numbers, you are free to do that, but still no quoting and no talking. Um, I will just share with you very briefly that this is our final airtime for season six. We can't believe that we have been doing this for six years now and shared so many talents in Richardson and North Texas. Uh, we are in development for season seven, and we will keep you apprised. Check us out on our website at artsincubatorrichardson.org. And in social media, it's always air for arts That's AIR, the number four, and arts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. There might be some of you on all of those later tonight. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here and enjoy Pitch Perfect.